Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour, everybody. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting the show, as always, from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. Luke is in downtown Laurel. We thank First Bank uh, for their studio sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking to the newest member of the Southern Miss baseball coaching staff, Nick Amarati here in just a couple of minutes, but first I want to remind you, and I take great pride in doing this every day, reminding everybody about uh, our sponsor, Dickie's Barbecue, and what a great place we think it is to eat. We think you will, too. they got a great uh, selection of uh, food that's always cooked fresh. And if you have a catering event, we just want to remind you about that for your church, for your office, or even a family affair. Uh, Dickie's does great catering, uh, has some catered uh, to baseball this year. I think you were up there that day, Luke. We had it catered in from Dickie's. Uh, am I right about that? Legit. Yeah. Not yeah. anything left. It was all gone. So good. Yeah, so we encourage you to uh, enjoy Dickie's Barbecue, whether you're at the next Southern Miss Baseball Affair or uh, any kind of situation that you may be involved in. All right, Nick Amarati is the new first base coach for the Golden Eagles. Joined the staff this year also uh, as an assistant coach with hitting and, and various other tasks on the baseball program and nick uh, i can't believe we we're here at the end of the season first time we've had you on the show that one's on us we'll make sure that doesn't happen again but welcome to the eagle hour we're glad to have you absolutely i appreciate y'all having me all right your first year with the golden eagles and we were talking before we went on the air just a, a roster filled with freshmen and sophomores but uh, you guys uh find yourself uh, finishing in the top 20 of two major polls and the top 25 of a third poll uh you got to be i know that sunday was disappointing and every season has ups and downs but when you look at it back on it collectively you have to feel pretty good about the finishing so high nationally with such a roster full of really young players yeah i think our you know our lineup and uh we only have one junior and six sophomores and two freshmen in it so it's definitely you know, I feel like I've seen the progress with my own eyes throughout the season. And, um, you know, Coach Barry says, you know, to take one game at a time. And I feel like uh, throughout throughout this season, we've kind of learned what that meant and learned what that meant offensively, too. And um, so I, I feel like we're definitely happy with, with what we've done so far. You worked for uh, Lane Burroughs at one time. There's a connection there. You had four really successful years at Hines Junior College. But one thing that struck me about your time at Hines, and I want you to tell me if uh, if they have this right, it said you worked four seasons at a, as an assistant coach where you also worked as the program's recruiting coordinator and the school sports information director. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. <laughs> what? You didn't have many days off, I'm going to gather. Uh, not many. We had uh, twelve sports at twelve or thirteen sports at Heinz, so there was a, a lot of stuff going on. 
So you did the job there that that uh, Jack Duggan does here, plus you coach the baseball team. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Wow. So that's unusual, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's many people. I don't. I couldn't find anywhere else that had that. No, and I guess you don't miss that part of it too much, right? You can concentrate now on being a baseball coach. Yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. Um, you know, kind of being on both sides, it gave me a, a great appreciation for what Jack does, but um, definitely happy to be focused solely on the baseball side of things these days. Right. Look, get in here with, uh, with our new coach. Nick, it's uh, it's so good that you're at Southern Miss simply because it allows you to redeem your time spent in Starkville. But I, we are jealous <laughs> of, of that. You uh, you uh, were an excellent catcher uh, for the Bulldogs. And I guess talk about you know the trip to the College World Series Finals. I believe it was in 2013. How that experience has really helped shape you as a coach uh, at, at the community college level at Northwestern State with Coach Burris, and now at Southern Miss. Yeah, anytime you're on a championship team, I, I feel like you kind of realize you look back. I guess it's been, I guess eight years now. Um, you see, you see how like everyone's doing and. That team is just still so close. I mean, we talk every day, and uh, a lot of those people are are very successful in life. So I feel like whenever you can be a part of something like that, um, it's a great benefit to you and and really any area of your life. Because of COVID last year, and just because of the way it, it worked out, where you kind of you came in right before the season, Southern Miss. I think some of our our listeners and a lot of Southern Miss fans haven't got to know you uh, simply because of COVID and just the timing come in. But you're a New Jersey guy, which is really really interesting to me. And you know, you you talk about you were connected uh, to Rick Porcello, who went on to play for the Red Sox. But growing up, you know, as a as a uh, in, in due respects, our Yankee. But anyway, but. Then, now spending the majority of your life, baseball life, playing and coaching in the South, you know, really, what's what's the difference with with baseball now that you're in probably the most biggest baseball, a college baseball state in the country? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a tremendous difference um, college wise. You know, I growing up in New Jersey, um, college wasn't necessarily like huge. You would even the big schools in the Northeast. I mean, they're not getting but 50 to 100 fans. Um, and I remember uh, probably the time that changed my life. Was, I was at Seton Hall University, and we went and played Texas A&M and, uh, to open the season. And there was about 7,000 fans. And I was like, wow, this is kind of <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, they were all chanting where I was from and, you know, ragging on you and stuff. And, yeah, honestly, it was something that I wanted to be a part of. I didn't know that that was – that was possible, but now obviously being down here, you see um, all the great talent and the the fan bases are incredible all throughout this state and throughout the region. So it's it makes it a lot of fun. Nick, I was talking to a guy this morning in the studio, and, and he brought up to me how amazing it is that Mississippi is such a small state, and yet it has three baseball teams in the top twenty. Three of the top twenty baseball teams right now are from the state of Mississippi. Uh, your thoughts about that? Really, It really is an amazing stat. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's really because because it is great. I know that kind of sounds, sounds weird, but whenever, you know, I guess back in the day, um, 
I guess when baseball became so prominent and you know Mississippi State and Southern Miss were so good, I think everybody kind of feeds off of that. Uh, it's not only the Division One schools, but it's the junior colleges too. I know that absolutely throughout our state, there's 15 JUCOs, and out of those 15, six of them are ranked in the top 20. So you have out of junior college and Division One baseball, you have nine teams out of, uh, I guess, eight, 18. So 50% of our teams in our state are, are ranked in the nation. And I, I just think that's a testament to the coaches and and the players in this state. You know, I think everybody kind of feeds off of each other. So when one team's doing good, another, you know, it kind of right. heightens heightens everybody uh, to do better. And I think that just keeps building on itself. You know, when you get facility upgrades at one school, the other school's got to keep up with you. When mm-hmm. one school does well, the other the other schools are trying to, to match that and surpass that. So I feel like it's just uh, going to keep getting better, honestly. What your thoughts uh, after your first full season, and we, you know, COVID restricted crowds uh, for almost the whole season, uh, obviously here. Uh, but but your thoughts about the atmosphere in Hattiesburg and the Southern Miss fan base now that you're a part of it, Nick? Yeah, it's incredible. It's uh, Obviously, the fans here are very passionate, and they're really smart, too. Um, you know, there's a lot of times I've seen people in the stands keeping books. They know how many how many pitches our pitchers have thrown, how many mm-hmm. strikeouts he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, they keep up with all the stats. They keep up with all the players. Um, and not only that, but they're they're good people too. Of everybody course. everybody here has been so welcoming, and um, it's it's really fun to be a part of. Right, no question. Uh, we we are very passionate about our Golden Eagle baseball team. All right, I know uh, one of the reasons we brought you on the show too, and we're going to hold you over second segment. I want you to talk a little bit about the upcoming baseball camps. I know they're important to the programs, and uh, they're important uh, to you. And, and obviously a great benefit uh, to kids all through South Mississippi. So when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with first base coach Nick Amarati about upcoming Southern Miss baseball camps and try to hold on uh, just a couple of minutes to get his thoughts about the upcoming uh, baseball tournament as well in Ruston, Louisiana. So we're talking Golden Eagle baseball again today. Surprised, aren't you? <laughs> and we'll continue that conversation with Nick Amarati right after this. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. We're talking uh, to Southern Miss baseball coach Nick Amarati, and baseball camps are just around the corner. And I do want to take plenty of time to talk about those. But Nick, we were 
talking to you off air, and uh, I, I just want to bring this up. You, you were the catcher on that Mississippi State baseball team that made it to the World Series final two out of three against UCLA, and you were naming pitchers that you caught to Luke, and I lost count, Luke. What was it, four or five pitchers off of that one Mississippi State team that pitched in the bigs? Plus Hunter Renfro, plus Adam Frazier. Wow, wow. Well, that, that, that has to be a lifetime experience, Nick, to play on a team that deep in, in Major League Baseball talent. That's really incredible. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of those guys are still playing, so you kind of get to. It's it's good for me coaching too because you know, they, obviously being in the major leagues, you got access to some of the best and most up to date stuff possible. So those guys help me out a lot with yeah. um, all all that kind of stuff. Great stuff there. All right, now now you're also in charge of the upcoming Southern Miss baseball camp, so. We're going to give you the platform, uh, let our listening audience hear from you about all the camps you guys have upcoming. Yeah, so we have seven camps this summer. Um, you know, we haven't been able to have camps for uh, over a year. Um, I, and just with the COVID and all the dead periods before COVID happened, so we're excited to have all those camps. Um, we're going to have three high school prospect camps. Um, those will be for ninth graders all the way up to junior college sophomores. Um, there'll be one on June 9th, which is a Wednesday, uh, June 30th, and July 17th. Um, and those camps are, you know, a great opportunity. We, since we haven't been able to go out on the road recruiting, um, we feel like I wanted to make as many opportunities for kids to come showcase their abilities in front of you know, our entire coaching staff, along with all the junior colleges and scouts in the area. Um, so I think that'll be a good opportunity. I tried to make two of them during the middle of the week, um, just because I know all these, there's so many summer ball teams that play on the weekends. And then um, we have one on a Saturday in July, which we'll be able to, for those for those who have that weekend off to, to sh- come and showcase their skills. Uh, we'll also have two kids camps um we'll have one in june and one in july uh those will be june 14th to the 17th which is a monday through thursday and um july 12th through 15th which is also monday through thursday those are those camps are you know one of some of the funnest camps that we have i I feel like you know we're gonna be out there with kids ages five or six to 13, you know, K through eighth grade. And um, we're really going to try to have as much fun as possible teaching the fundamentals of the game. At the end of each day, you know, we'll play games with the kids. Uh, They'll play against each other and kind of try to separate them into, you know, certain age groups and stuff like that. We'll also have uh, a team camp, which we're trying to fill still. Uh, We're hoping to get, you know, eight to ten High school or travel ball teams to come in and play at our field for three days. That'll be July 23rd to the 25th. Um, anybody interested in that can uh, reach out to me. Um, and then we'll have one father, son, and daughter camp, which will be August 21st. And that that camp, I know uh, Coach Barry loves that camp. That's It's a great opportunity for parents to 
bring their son or daughter with them and learn together. It's a bonding experience and um, kind of get to just learn the game and be able to teach their their child the game, you know, with us kind of helping foster that. Right. And um, for for anybody interested in registering for these camps, you can go to southernmissbaseballcamps.com. Okay. And uh, all the information on these camps will be there. And you can figure out if you want to register. And my email is, is on that website, too. So anybody who wants to email me, feel free to reach out. All right, now's the time to start doing that, too, right? If you got a kid you want to get in one of these camps, you need to, you can go ahead and start doing that as of today. Is that right? Absolutely. You can start registering uh, whenever in it. And it's easier to register online that way. When you come to camp, we, we have all your information to be able to pass out to, you know, other schools, our coaching staff, um, for those prospect camps, team camps, all that kind of stuff. Those, that really helps if you register early. Okay. Well, uh, go to southernmiss.com for that camp information. Very important for the program, but great, great opportunities. I've got a grandson that – Went to three of them, and I know how much he enjoyed all of them and uh, how much he benefited from them. All right, uh, Luke, you got anything else before we let the coach go? Yeah, Coach, uh, just one more thing. You, you talked about the, the team camps, and, and just this past week, uh, Coach Hall and the football staff allowed so many spring ball uh, games over there. So many high schools were on campus, not only with, with the individuals and their families, but the teams. How important is it for the community and teams across the state and in the region, along with families, be on campus to see the facilities, especially now with, with the turf? I think that's a real important part of not only program awareness, but individual recruitment also. Yeah, absolutely. For all these camps, I mean, I feel like it's a great chance to not only for us to be able to see the kids and uh, evaluate them and get to know them, but I think it goes uh, vice versa for the kids and their families to be able to see our campus, see our field, see our coaching staff, and, you know, everything that goes along with that. So, you know, they can make decisions for themselves. Good. All right. And Go ahead, Luke. What, last question. Last question. Um, as far as the turf, we kind of saw, you know, when we've been on the road this year, you know, what happens with with the rain and what happens with, with the unpredictable weather. Coach, uh, just your short time with the playing surface at Pete Taylor Park, it's kind of been invaluable. Uh, we didn't get to play on it much last year, but, you know, we were all kind of on this show, and some of us in the region, we're, we were kind of baseball purists and turf. Don't You don't play turf on baseball, but uh, or baseball and turf, but we see now – the importance of it. I know you've sent it over in the the first base box. You you know that well, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the turf today is a lot more like a real playing surface. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sand in it. There's a lot of different components of rubber and olive pits. There's a lot of weird stuff that go, that goes into the turf that kind of makes it play exactly like a pristine major league baseball field. And obviously it allows you to play more. It allows you to develop more, practice more. Um, so all those things make it make it valuable, uh, especially in our region with with the unpredictable weather. Um, so I, I feel I feel like it, it's great. I, I was always a big uh, playing you know playing on dirt and all that as well. But now looking looking back, I mean, as as colleges, you don't really have the resources to to have those major league facilities you know taken care of every single day. You know if you want a lot of time has to go into keeping up a, a field. And, you know, I think for us it gives 
us as coaches a lot more time to to do baseball things like recruit, um, develop scouting reports for our upcoming opponents, spend more time with our players, developing them, as opposed to us, Hulaho and, you know, the outfield grass. Right. I agree. Real quick, what's the white stuff you see pop up in the field when, when a line drive is hit out in the outfield? Yeah, that's that's the sand that, that's underneath it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, you, you've, you've just finished your first complete year here at Southern Miss. What is the one thing Southern Miss fans need to know about Scott Barry that you have learned about Coach Barry in your time around him? Mm. I guess there's a, a couple things, I guess. One, he's like genuinely the nicest guy that you've ever met. Um, he met... You know, he's kind of got that intimidating look a little bit. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, like, when I saw pictures of him, I was like, man, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, <laughs> tough to work for. But honestly, he's one of the nicest guys that I've that I've ever come in contact with. Right. <laughs> and two, I would probably say the man can eat anything. You should see, <laughs> you should see the amount of food he, he eats. And, and looks great. <laughs> I mean, he, if he if really... I ate what he ate. I think I would probably be 400 pounds. <laughs> so, Coach, they can go hungry. Is that what you're saying, Nick? That's right. <laughs> well, last He's question. Man's man. Have you have you ever seen him in the Mr. Clean outfit? If you haven't, you have to ask him for a picture of that from a Halloween <laughs> several years ago when he came as Mr. Clean. It was uh, it was unbelievably perfect for Coach Perry. I'll definitely have to ask him. To, I haven't seen it yet. Right. Looking forward to it. Hey, we, we enjoyed our conversation with you, Nick. Welcome to Southern Miss. We appreciate all you're doing for our great baseball program. And, uh, again, we'll, uh, everybody participate in your camps. You can uh, get camp information at southernmiss.com, and uh, Nick will hook you up. Coach, thanks very much for your time. Appreciate it, y'all. Thank uh, you. All right. Nick Amorati, everybody. Well, we learned a little something here today, huh, Luke, that uh, Coach Barry could sit well, down and stack it away with the best of them. And we know he likes post-game peanut butter and jelly so you just that's the next question how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches can scott berry throw down at one time well maybe a question for another day maybe that's a question for monday as we get ready for conference usa play all right we found kelly Sanner. we're going to bring him on the show got some stuff to catch you up to date with after this Southern Miss to the top. It's great having Nick Amorati from Southern Miss Baseball on those first two segments. Get to know him a little better. Uh, ends up at Southern Miss after spending time at Heinz Community College, of course, playing at Mississippi State, coaching at Northwestern State with Lane Burroughs, originally from New Jersey, and uh, just a great pedigree and appreciate him coming on today. SouthernMiss.com or SouthernMissBaseballCamps.com. Uh, summer Prospect ID Camps, June 9th, June 30th, July 17th. Kids Camps uh, in June. 
team camp late July and a father son or daughter camp August twenty first. Pretty cool. Got a text uh, from from a listener and and uh, you know there it, it's a pretty high percentage of of kids that end up playing baseball at Southern Miss uh, that go through those camps. So yeah, it's a unique unique year, very unique year because of the limitations on recruiting. So. Uh, yeah, you're you're you could be the next Golden Eagle. Come out there to those camps this summer. Summer SouthernMiss.com, SouthernMissBaseballCamps.com. Contact Coach Nick Amaretti if you need any more information. Eagle Hour on a Tuesday, a rainy Tuesday here in South Mississippi. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Four Street Bar and Grill, cranking trivia back up this uh, Wednesday, starting at eight o'clock in the evening. Of course, they have the 895 lunch every single day. Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We have located Kelly Santer and uh, some rain, Kelly, for that Region 23 uh, baseball tournament. Kind of prohibiting play today. Boy, it has wreaked havoc on the tournament so far. Three games were scheduled to be played yesterday, Luke, but as it turns out, the game that was scheduled for 12 noon did not start until 6 p.m. Uh, last night, and rather than drag people into the wee hours of the morning, uh, tournament directors decided to move the other two opening round games to today. So let's bring you up to date. Game one, originally scheduled for 12 yesterday, we mentioned it was played at 6. In that game, LSU Eunice defeated East Central 8-5. to five. The other two games scheduled for yesterday are now, at least tentatively, scheduled to be played at 4 o'clock and 7.30, this evening at uh, Dove Herring Park on the campus of Pearl River. At 4 o'clock, Itawamba is scheduled to play Meridian. That's at 4 o'clock this, this afternoon. And then the host Pearl River Wildcats are scheduled to take on Hines at uh, 7.30. Again, all this with capital letters and underlined twice, weather permitting. And I think really the only people that outnumber the players in this tournament are scouts and college coaches, uh, Division One coaches. There are Coaches from Division One schools and scouts from just about every single organization down there. Good opportunity for these uh, great junior college players to put their skills uh, on a stage, you know, to be noticed. And also in baseball, in the SWAC, Omar Johnson, the head baseball coach of the Jackson State Tigers, has been named the SWAC Coach of the Year. And why not? All the Tigers did was finish 31 and eight on the season, and they set a school record by going undefeated in SWAC play. 24 and 0. And I don't care what league it is, what, you know, whether it's junior high, high school, or the major leagues, it is really tough to go through any division play 24 and 0. So congratulations to Jackson State coach Omar Johnson. In racing, of course, the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500 scheduled for a week from Sunday. Uh, officials in Indianapolis are going to allow 40% capacity at that venue. But meanwhile, leave it to the rednecks, you guys. Charlotte, who's going to host the Coca-Cola 600 that same day, said, y'all, come on. (laughs) 100% capacity is going to be allowed at Charlotte uh, when that Coca-Cola 600 takes place Memorial Day weekend. And the final little bit about a lot of things, the FCS football teams just concluded their season with, uh, from the Southland Conference, Stephen F. Austin defeating North Dakota State 23-21 to claim the national championship of FCS. And now organizers are thinking that maybe FCS should consider keeping football a spring sport for the FCS. Hang on, hang on. The television ratings were up immeasurably 
And they say that because the television ratings were up immeasurably in the spring, there are no other football offerings, which helped contribute to those ratings. And because the ratings are so high, uh, there could be a potential renegotiation of television contracts with meaning more money if the FCS decided to do that. Very preliminary in the talking stages and may not grow any legs whatsoever, but at least with the ratings being that noticeably higher, it is certainly food for thought. So that's a little bit about a lot of things. No, I'm Bob, take, go ahead. Bob, go ahead. Let, let's, let's do it again. Let's just say, uh, no. I'll have the time it because i got a little no. delay here. Let's just say it again. One, two, no. <laughs> no. no. Come on. No. no. Kelly, that's not. Uh, uh, Kelly, I want to take uh, you back to racing for a second. You made fun of them NASCAR people. You know, the NASCAR people look at you indie race fans as the penny loafer, blue blazer crowd of auto racing. Oh, yeah. We're the snobs. There's right. No, no right. Point. But. But I have to tell you, I love NASCAR just as I just I just am a fan of auto racing. Um, so I'm I'm every bit of, as much of a fan of NASCAR as I am Indy. And I remember some one time somebody said, "Well, really, what's the difference really in the in the fan bases?" And the best way I know how to describe it, and other people have said very accurate, is that the Indy car crowd t- tends to be a mixed drink and liquor crowd. Whereas the NASCAR crowd tends to be more beer drinking. Right. Now, let's talk about racing for a second. I I had a good friend up in Greenville that owned the Greenville Speedway, Wesley Washington. And Mm -hmm. I I got into that dirt track racing, super late modified cars that come from all over the southeast uh, and and race there. I think it's a quarter mile track, if I'm not, maybe a half mile track. That's about right. Uh, Dirt. And That's really right. elevated on the sides. I mean, the cars were just really elevated. I got to tell you, Kelly Center, that that right there is exciting racing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I got to. Somebody said, "Well, what's what is what is what super late model?" I said, "Those are the ones that uh, that race at two o'clock in the morning. They're up super late." <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly. Those so are the, but. Those that's are the guys that work during the week and race on the weekends, Kelly. That's what those guys are. Yeah, go on about three hours sleep and are and are happy to get right. those hours. Exactly. But, uh, no, I'm glad Kelly, Charlotte is Kelly, 100%. I should. I should notice that Bob is actually a NASCAR fan because when he introduced that, he said, you know, them NASCAR fans. Obviously, Indy 500 <laughs> fans would have used the correct pronoun there. Correct. But, uh, but right. Bob quickly well, identifying yeah, uh, yes, with, the, with NASCAR. Yeah. Hey, um, how how unique is this? You're talking about national championship stuff. The Marshall Thundering Herd men's soccer team last night won the national championship in soccer. They defeated Indiana last night, number three overall, one to nothing in overtime. The the Thundering Herd finished thirteen two and three all year. Uh, they were six zero and one in uh, in kind of a gathered conference USA. Conference USA has teams outside of what we think of as its member institutions. But the Thundering Herd national champions, national championship for Conference USA. That's pretty cool. And, and good for them because their baseball team stinks to high heaven. So. <laughs> Aren't you nice? <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm just glad they have something to cheer for. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, apparently, that they, their baseball team are are them guys that play baseball yeah. up yonder. Here's a here's a question I have about that, Luke. When when you have a soccer game that goes into overtime before someone scores one goal, is there anyone in the fans still awake when that goal is scored? Man, that's the most intense, <laughs> incredible time because. You never know what what's about to happen. I mean, I'm I was updating you guys when Southern Miss was playing in the semifinals of the conference tournament. I never got text back from that, 
But yeah, it was uh, it, it's pretty intense, and right. especially when World Cup comes around or qualifying. I don't have very many uh, many many finger fingernails left for sure. Hmm. Well, and, and, and Hattiesburg has a new you know semi professional team, the Stars, that are four and zero, beat the New Orleans Jesters on uh, on Saturday night two to one, and and if you go to you go to the Hattiesburg Stars games, a lot of people said I didn't even know Hattiesburg had a semi pro team. No. Well, they've been getting huge crowds out there. I mean, like in you know three four thousand people. Yeah, but it ain't like them NASCAR crowds, Santa. By God. <laughs> <laughs> the scantily dressed women too. I'll throw that and in. It, just I, I've, well, heard, just, I've heard that's true. I would. I really just wouldn't. Because it's about so warm. Yes, I, I, so I hear warm. that's a rumor, but I would, wouldn't know anything about. That. But you guys, you guys, are, you, you don't think the FCS thing moving to the spring makes any sense at all? All right, let's do it again, Luke. One, you want to t- two, three. No, no. But it does <laughs> underscore the importance of television ratings and how whether we all like it or not. That still seems to be the engine that, that pushes you know it, anything in sports nowadays. Here's the beef I have with that, though. Here's the beef I have. It will, I think, it will detrimentally hurt FCS football players because how in the world are you going to have pro days? How in the world are you going to be involved in a combine or a draft when your season is slightly over? Or it's going to because you got to think. I mean, everything that those guys. Well, what do we have? Number three uh, player in the draft this year was what? He was a he was an FCS guy, right? So yeah. I get the exposure, and I get that you can work through those things. But baseball season is not the time to play football. It was a very, 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 very unique year. We don't want four game conference uh, USA baseball no, series, we don't. and we don't want football in the spring. No, but I, I certainly, and I, I know we're going to break, but it, it makes sense to me that they would at least think about it because the number of guys in the FCS that are getting drafted in the NFL. Not too many. Just have to weigh it out. All right. We're going to continue the show. One more segment to go with Kelly Sanner. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Tuesday brought to you by DBAT, D1 Training. Hattiesburg, Mississippi on Hardy Street, dbathattiesburg.com. Go check them out in person. Check them out online. Go uh, on, again, like a, a drizzly, rainy day like this. Can't hit the outdoor cages. Go hit the indoor cages at, at DBAT and go see our friends over at D1 Training. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour, Luke, Bob, and Kelly. Kelly on the phone. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and uh, beautiful downtown Laurel. Conference USA midweek action, guys. A lot of games tonight. Eight Conference USA teams in play. Rice and was supposed to play in tech uh, at in Austin at Texas. That game's been canceled, but the other games on tap: UAB at Samford, Middle Tennessee at Murray State, Eastern Kentucky at Western Kentucky, Incarnate Word at UTSA, 
FIU at Vanderbilt, Florida Atlantic at Miami and Coral Gables, and then the Burroughs-Federico matchup, Louisiana Tech at ULM tonight in Monroe. Bob, uh, Kelly, any of those stick out to you? Well, that last one you just mentioned, I think that's a good matchup. Two former Southern Miss uh, guys there, and uh, boy, boy, kudos, uh, kudos uh, to our former coach at Monroe. You, he, he's done really well there, hasn't he? They're, they're a little over 500 this year, but what they did do, they went out to Fort Worth and took two out of three from the number six ranked Texas uh, TCU Horn Frogs. And so that was a, Kelly, that, I mean, kind of put that in perspective. Monroe, 24, they went into that series, I think, 22 and 22, so they're right at 500. You go to the number six team in the country out of conference, you take two out of three in the road. Uh, this team is, TCU is a lock to be a regional. That was a huge series win for Federico. It was, and, and puts, uh, you know, puts them you know, into the discussion, most likely, you know, won't prevail, but it's certainly they've had some great wins this year. They have, yeah. And, and really, you talk about success and rebuilding a program. I mean, they were on the verge at Monroe of shutting baseball down. Right. I mean, that's you know, budget was so tight, and they had had such little success there. Um, and a lot of people, frankly, were a little bit surprised that Mike Federico took that job. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly why he took the job was to prove that he's more than just your average bear. Right. And Kelly, he yeah. had a road win against Oklahoma State, the highly ranked team. He went to Oxford and uh, and all came within a whisker of winning that series, but had a big win over Ole Miss and a a one run walk off extra innings loss to him, or they would have won the series against Ole Miss in Oxford. That's not and easy. Really, when you look at the coaching tree, too, you know, around Scott Barry, and, and nobody's you know pushing Scott out the door by any means, but at some point, you know, he'll retire. And you, you look at you look at some great candidates just on the surface that would certainly you know would certainly be in the running if they chose to you know put their name in the hat, including Federico, including Kaye at Texas A&M. If he could you know take a pay cut, probably. Uh, and I'm not joking there; I'm being serious. But um, but other guys, including Christian Ostrander, who's already on staff. You know, so I mean, there's yeah. just some great coaches on down the line that uh, that would be in line when Scott decides to retire. Right. Right. All right. Uh, last couple minutes. This is so intriguing to me. Yesterday, it's announced that the Boston Red Sox in the blue Massachusetts are going back to full capacity on May 29th. Cincinnati Reds are going back to full capacity on June 2nd. Uh, a huge venue, the Red Rocks uh, Park and Amphitheater, right outside of Denver, just increased uh, their capacity to 6,300. Now they'll be back to full capacity in the 9,000 range June 21st. We see this all across the country, guys. Um, why can't the NCAA then raise capacity? And and you would think, though, okay, do you think it's possible for them to change their mind uh, before regionals start as they see the rest of the country opening up, particularly in places that might agree more with a very, very, very conservative capacity agenda, Kelly? Here, here's what I think is going to happen, Luke. It's a fair question, but here's what I think is going to happen. They're, they issue that statement to get themselves off the hook legally, right? And then I think they're totally going to turn their heads when it comes to regional time. They're not going to change the rule publicly, but they're not going to have somebody there counting heads as people come through the doors either. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
They're just going to say, oh, you know, do the best you can at monitoring those numbers. Well, we all know what that means. Well, here's part of the reason and part of the confusion is when the President of the United States gives an address last Thursday and says that the uh, CDC says you no longer have to wear a mask indoors or outdoors if you're vaccinated. And then on Sunday... He is videotaped by a lot of news organizations as he's walking outside of a church service wearing two masks. So, I mean, as long as you're getting mixed messages from the top like that, the top down, where this confusion is going to exist. And unfortunately, it's going to plague the NCAA regional baseball tournament this year. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully this will, that'll be the last thing you know that we can get behind us. And one other note is I hear the music cue up from the NFL. The Cincinnati Bengals team physicians have told Joe Burrow that his knee will be good to go for the opener against the Vikings in September. And he said that's the worst news he's heard since he found out he got drafted <laughs> by the Bengals a year ago. Well, he's good to go for at least a quarter, Kelly. We do know that, right? <laughs> Still wish he hadn't played. We'll we'll take we'll do a pool before the season starts. How many minutes into the game before he gets flattened on his back by God, a Viking defensive lineman? Likely, but I hope it doesn't happen. Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.